Welcome again to the podcast. Today's Bible verse comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28 and verse 6, which says, He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come, come and see the place where he lay. Now, who is not here? And what do you mean by he is risen? And where are you taking me? For those of you who are not familiar with the person of Jesus Christ, and to the many who have not read the account of his resurrection from the dead, you have come to the right place. Welcome again to the podcast. Our prayer is that God would shine his light upon you and give you a revelation of who Jesus really is and what his resurrection means to your eternal destiny. There are three gardens in this episode that I'll be talking about. This event took place about 2,000 years ago, but the root is found in Genesis chapter 1 to 3. It all started when Adam and Eve, the first humans whom God created, and he placed in the Garden of Eden with specific instructions concerning the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They were not to eat from it lest they die. And what do you know? They were tempted by the devil and surely enough, they both ate from the tree. That act of disobedience brought sin upon everyone born into this world. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now over the course of time, man has sacrificed animals as a mean of atoning for their sins, but that was just a covering. In fact, it was a shadow of things to come when the perfect sacrifice would be placed on a cross to die once and for all. Only this time, it would be a human the person of Jesus Christ. His entry into this world as well as his birth was made known beforehand by the prophets. Isaiah 7:14 says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And we see Emmanuel means God with us. In Luke 1, Verses 31 to 35, listen to this. An angel of the Lord appeared to a virgin named Mary. And this is what he said. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. Now the word Jesus means Savior. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary, uh, she said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? This is a virgin. And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that thing, that holy thing, which shall be born of thee, 
shall be called the Son of God. Now here it is. Jesus is going to be the Son of God. He is the Son of God. Proclaimed, proclaimed by the angel. Now again in Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and 7 it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it, and to establish it with judgment and with justice from here forth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. I have just introduced to you our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I have told you uh, about the incident in the first garden. That's what happened. Now, let me take you to the second garden which is called Gethsemane by this time Jesus is he's a grown man about 30 years old and uh, having established his earthly ministry preaching the kingdom of God uh, now he had performed many miracles healing the deaf the blind the lame feeding the hungry multitudes even defying nature by walking on the sea and calming the storms with his word. But one miracle that galvanized his ministry and caused the Roman leaders to view him as, as a possible insurrectionist was the raising of his friend Lazarus from the dead. From that moment on, they sought ways to kill him. Then the opportunity came when one of his disciples named Judas Iscariot betrayed him for the sum of 30 pieces of silver and that was the going price for a slave. Now let's go to the second garden and this garden is called the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the moments just before he was arrested. Luke chapter 22 verses 39 to 47 gives the account. Let's read. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And then he withdrew about a stone throw uh, beyond them and he knelt down and he began to pray. And he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. And then the Bible says, an, an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like great drops of blood falling to the ground. Now when he arose from prayer and went back to his disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. And then he said, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. And while he was still speaking, a crowd came up 
and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. And he approached Jesus to kiss him. Now I want to read from the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 26, verses 50 to 54. Now, it talks about an altercation with one of the soldiers. It says that when Jesus saw Judas coming toward him, he said, Do what you come for, my friend. Then the man stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword, drew it out, and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Jesus said, put your swords back in its place, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled? that say it must happen in this way. I want you to think about this. A legion is made up of 6,000 soldiers. 12 legions would be 72,000 soldiers. Now if you go back to the book of 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 35, there is Hezekiah who was at war with the Syrians and he prayed to the Lord for help. And the Bible says that, that night the angel of the Lord went out and put to death 185,000 in the Syrian camp. And when the people got up the next morning, there were all the dead bodies. My friend, one angel of the Lord killed 185,000 soldiers by himself. If Jesus had called for 12 legions of angels to defend him, he would have received 13,320,000,000 angels. Think about that. Now, there are about 7.6 billion people on earth. And Jesus had 13,320,000,000 angels to defend him. Who do you think is going to win that battle? Even the battle of Armageddon would be child's play for the angels. Well, it was, it was night time. And they arrested Jesus and they took him to prison. And after a few days on a predetermined trial, he was found guilty of blasphemy, so they say. He was then led away to be crucified. On the one hand, the chief priests and Sadducees did it to protect their positions in the Roman Empire. On the other hand, this was the plan of God to redeem mankind from the bondage of sin. So now, Jesus has been crucified and his dead body uh, left hanging on the cross. And this brings us to the third garden. Allow me to take you there. And this garden was very close to the crucifixion site. And there was a tomb there. A tomb it was owned by a man named Joseph of Arimathea. He begged Pilate for the body of Jesus 
to secure it from the ravens and the vultures and the wild animals. He even provided the spices. Think of it. When the body uh, has been placed in the tomb, they wrapped it with spices and so on. So then they place Jesus, dead body, into the tomb and, and they roll the stone in front of it to further secure him from the wild and even thieves. They have grave robbers, they call them. But that was not sufficient for the Roman officials. They insisted that the stone be sealed. So they would seal the stone. They used some kind of uh, liquid in our time. We used like cement and mortar and all of that. They had something, maybe it was wax, whatever. But they sealed the stone. And furthermore, they stationed guards in front of the tomb so that no one should enter. Now, are you ready for this? Matthew 28, verses 1 to 6 says, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. Now, there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. Now the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said. See, that's it. And that's my story. I didn't want to take up too much time and go into all details and the nitty gritty here and there. But that's the basic story. Jesus is the risen Savior. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by Him. And because He lives, we should live also. Let me leave you with this statement from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. And this is wonderful. Uh, you know, there's hope when you read this. It says that, For the Lord Himself will come down from heaven with a loud command and with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we be with the Lord forever. And he goes on to say, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So, you know, we need to encourage one another that if you are a child of God, you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to be afraid of death because Jesus has conquered death, hell, and the grave. And he has promised, even as he said in John, 14. He says he's going to prepare a place for us and he's going to come back and take us to himself. And that's a promise. And Jesus does not lie. He will be back. So I hope that you uh, will consider all of these things and always keep waiting. Keep waiting, trusting that the Lord will come back again. Okay? So I'm out of time, but I'll be back with another episode of the Day of the Word. 
This is Anthony and Cindy saying, You believe in God? Believe also in Jesus. Amen.